so the uh, the only other game I've played this past week, aside from The Last of Us Part One, was Fortnite. <laughs> um, that I played with my with my bros and had about the opposite experience. It's like the opposite game. So, like, if I could start out the conversation with Last of Us Part One just by saying Naughty Dog maybe missed a trick by not putting Goku in it. Goku, uh, but also grenades that make zombies dance would have been grenades useful. that make a zombies dance is funny. Darth Vader is funny, funny. Um, but <laughs> if stuff kind of weed. What if? What if? <laughs> what if Joel like? Now, Ellie, I need to take you to the Firefly checkpoint. But Snoop's about to drop his new <laughs> single on that big screen. Well, so they we're gonna have to f- wait yeah. for a second. <laughs> they fixed that Sorry, in part Ellie. two. There is a lot of pretty hysterical weed humor in part two, but yep. uh, no Goku in that one that I found. I didn't. I didn't get the platinum trophy, so maybe there's like a secret costume. But um, just a note for next time, Naughty Dog, for you know the third time that you remake this game, Goku. <laughs> Goku, in it. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of... Like 2011 and then 2014 and this week. <laughs> My name is Russ Frostrick and I know the best game of the week. Well, welcome to the Besties, a video game club, a game of the year show that goes all year long. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you today for our discussion of uh, Last of Us again. We're doing we're, we're going to do that one again. We're doing Last of Us again. Doing it again. So, okay. It came out in 2013 on the PlayStation 3, and then it came out in 2014, remastered edition on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Uh, one one year later. And now, but then eight years later, technology has advanced. This is me doing the Chris Plant job. Um, <laughs> technology has advanced so much that the beard, that Joel's beard. We haven't taken beard, the break. We didn't take the no, break. No, I know. This, this is, is me his explaining setup. what the game is. Okay, this is God. the Chris Plant job. All right. Um, Joel's beard technology, mm-hmm. out of sight. And here's a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Well, it's the 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 Last of Us is back yet again. The they're call Last of Us Part One is what they're what they're calling this, and it's a it's to distinguish it from Part Two. And I think the idea is this is a this is a version of this game that can stand side by side arm in arm with uh the Last of Us Part Two recently released. Yeah. What was that a year two years ago? A couple years ago. Yeah. And they've 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 changed some things in this one to make it feel a little bit more like part two, which is to say that when you choke the life out of someone, you really get to watch the light slowly <laughs> extinguish from their eyes. So, so if that's your nasty thing. Yeah, um, they've got they they do. Neil has got your back on this one. This, for what it's worth, for people listening that aren't aware, is a full remake of the original game on PlayStation 5, not PlayStation 4, is exclusive to PlayStation 5, and it includes the DLC, which was called uh, Left Behind, and it also in- doesn't include multiplayer, so you just get the main campaign of the original game, and the whole idea, as Griffin sort of alluded to, was to bring it up to the, I would say, visual fidelity that was presented in Last of Us Part Two, along with all of the technological some, enhancements that were introduced therein. And there's some mechanical changes there too. A little bit. It's not. It does not feel exactly like uh, the Last of Us Part Two. There's certain things that, like, uh, you can't go prone. There's like little stuff like that. Yeah, the design, the base design of Last of Us One has not changed. So no. all the encounters effectively play out the same uh there, there are some there's some small tweaks in in like the yeah they made some tweaks but but in terms of your move set and like what you're capable of doing you're still gonna be crouching as joel you're not doing like ellie's dope ass dive arrow headshot yeah. stuff yeah. so like yeah um it, it, uh, <sighs> Uh, so let, let me let me start by saying, okay. So hey, here's the thing, man. They wanted to have something to sell when the TV show came out. Like, they well, the TV shows. New, when's that come out? Far that's, off. That's a ways out. No, 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 no. They want to say they're going to sell one and two together in a in a box. Guarantee oh, okay. it. I mean, I'm they sure they will do that, that as well. But yeah, I for sure, I think it's more. Uh, it's a few things. One, I think that's they part of it. they've sold a bunch of PlayStation fives at this point, and it's difficult to not have any exclusive releases on PlayStation 5. There you go. That's huge. So now that we have one, yeah. that certainly helps. I think it's also, there's an element at which they want this to be their, like, one of the few Paragon PlayStation exclusive series. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a third one coming. And at that point, I think they want them all to be kind of on the same or at least close to the same level of quality. So as Justin alluded to, they could eventually release them all together. Yeah, I think so, that was the rationale. Okay, we need to talk. Like, okay, so we need to talk about it, this. Is all very this is it's all fine, and it does just what it says on the tin. I would say it. It is a better looking is actually if you watch side by sides. Like, 
I think it's start. We're bordering on like personal taste. Like I, there are definitely more detail. Mm-hmm. There's definitely better like lighting effects and stuff like that. And and I would also add the like if you've seen the performance capture in the original game and you compare it to the new game, it is night and day. Yes, dramatically 100%. better in the new one. But it's not like you. It's not like oh. Uh, the the level of jump, especially if you're looking at remastered to this, is not the level of jump that's going to continue to be super noticeable. I, the ones that blew me away were um, when you first go into the city proper, like the downtown area, and it's this thing of like it's not just the graphical fidelity is better. You realize how much of like towns in that sort of environment are hidden from you by by fog and what have you. Mm-hmm. Being able to see these like the full size of these huge buildings towering around you was really impressive. I mean, yeah. like, and the, the, the distance at which, um, you know, and this is a game that both of them, I think that like do a lot of, we're going to that point and you have no idea how we're going to get to that point, but like, that's where we're headed. And that, and I, you could see that a lot more clearly, um, in this, in this version. Yeah. Um, I, I, I went ahead just to do some research cause this is not my field of expertise, but I know that people care about this a lot more than I do oh, good. and watched an hour long digital foundry video comparing the two games. And mm-hmm. there are definitely things, you know, I mentioned the motion capture, the performance capture, and that jumped out at me as well, even before watching the video, but there are definitely things in that they call out in the uh, digital foundry video that like I probably in a million years wouldn't have noticed like here's the specularity of how the flashlight bounces off water when you're going through water that's something that it's like there's like a ton of those tiny details that people that are like really into graphical details like that will notice and freak out about but for me it doesn't really stand I mean I can see that the water is looking a lot better but beyond that uh, I think there is a lot of like fine-tuning and stuff and it makes me wonder like is this for people that played the remastered one or are they sort of repitching this as like hey you've if you've never played any of them this yeah. is the perfect place to start if it is that i think it's I, I think they did a good job yeah this game is not fun like it is a uh it is a survival horror game more so even than part two yeah yeah where it is just very slow and you are the, the resources are very limited and you are placed in tensions a number of high the whole time. T- tensions mm-hmm. high the whole time and uh, and you just get dropped into a bunch of different sort of combat arenas not even combat arenas that sounds like doom it's like sneak sneaky time arenas with yeah. uh blowed up face zombies that uh will eat you if you fuck up even a little bit and so the the changes that have been made to make the game sort of feel a little bit more like part 2 i think have made it a much more, at least for me, like palatable experience because I did not like I don't know what they, the gameplay-wise, what they changed to make it feel like part two. Apart from, I know they improved the AI a little bit, but outside of that... I mean, in movement, like, it, it's it's little things. It's the way that the characters uh, move. It's the way that, uh, you know, aiming and shooting a gun feels. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, it, it's, it is little things, but, like, I, I despised last of us part one when it came out because it was it just felt like boring uncharted and the <laughs> uh like the the drama and storytelling and, and writing and everything uh was was definitely laudable but it just the everything in between that stuff i could not stand and i found myself being pulled through it this time 
uh, a little bit more smoothly than I did the first time that I got it. Yeah, it does feel like it was the first game when it first came out was a delivery mechanism for a very intense, mature, interesting, well-told story. But the gameplay, uh, I think they promised a lot. I remember that E3 trailer where they promised the moon in terms of AI interactions and and combat stuff. And they couldn't quite hit that. I know there have been some improvements on the AI here, but it felt like from a gameplay perspective, they hit their stride with two, part two, and so going back to this on the gameplay front feels definitely stodgy to me. It just feels like, you know, literally last generation. There are some little changes. Also, I was watching a video earlier about like pace, like the pace of the walking, mm-hmm. which still to me, it still feels kind of slow, but but it is, uh, that is, that is tweaked. I, I tell you the thing that really like, it was, I had a weird response to this where I could see how much better it looked, but for me, the level of fidelity that they have brought in, I found distracting because the the visual fidelity really highlighted and 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 without the layers of veneer from fog and what have you, it really highlights like how video gamey the design mm. is of this world. Yeah. Like I don't know how long it's been, right? And I do understand that like it take like plant life will try to uh, reclaim the earth, right? When we're not doing our our radical stuff, but like in ten years, the world has been has become a video game level. I mean, it's just like a series of you look at some of the like industrial areas, and it's just this absolutely insane mishmash of like, well, I drag this big load of pipes over here, and I'm gonna set it right here in the middle, and then I got a load of metal beams. I don't want to set these about four feet away <laughs> over here. And then I, it's really like, once you, once you can see this really clearly, it starts to hit you how like, and I don't feel this way as much about two. Yeah. I think that's one, a big difference. It's like, it, well, you, you can see where they've improved the, you know, the visuals, but the logic of the whole thing and just like the feel of it, like it looks like this, it doesn't feel like the world. Like it feels like, of it, it just video game. Yeah, levels. so I, I think two is part of the. I mean, I agree with you. I think two is a lot of the reason you feel that way because they made so many improvements into not only from like a just overall level design, but from a non-linearity standpoint. So you can go through these levels sixteen different ways, and all of those ways have a certain logic to them, but they don't feel prescribed. So you know, I'm going to go through this bombed-out house, or I'm going to go through this alleyway. And it feels grounded in ways that the levels in the original Last of Us just don't, especially not mm-hmm. now. And you're right. You bring that level of fidelity to those levels that were like, well, here's a cover-based box and here's another cover-based box. And it it has this weird dichotomy. It is definitely, I mean, I'm not really faulting them because it is the, I mean, that's the DNA that they brought over, right? Like, yeah. What it feels like is Uncharted levels. I mean, it feels like the the way Uncharted levels are designed, which I think you can yeah, I don't know. You can level the same complaints there, I guess. Yeah, but, but I think those are organic because it's not our world, right? It's it, it's a little bit easier to to ignore. I also but, think um, you're moving a lot quicker through those levels in Uncharted, and also there's a lot more like visual splendor to take in in Uncharted. Of course. Whereas here, yeah. you've got a factory, realistically. Right. Like there are moments of beauty in this game, unquestionably, but like a lot of the comp, like. You know, I played through um, Left Behind, which I hadn't played through. It's quite good. I'd highly yeah. recommend it if you never played through it. But it's a, 
both of them are basically set in malls and uh you know they're malls <laughs> there's not you know a lot going on there and so um you sort of have to like find the beauty where you can but it's not a waterfall cresting over a fucking volcano <laughs> right right it's not a uh man it's a, it's a bad feeling game and i don't mean that do in the mean, mechanical mean sense i mean it it is okay. it is it is bleak from the from the jump to the finish and that is that is this is where this conversation gets pretty fraught which is like yeah, yeah man that's what they were trying to do yeah. and this is where it comes back to personal taste versus like how much they accomplished what they were trying to set out to do right the latter i think they've done i think they have especially in this version which i think is the best way to play the last of us part 1 like i think that they made the game they wanted to make ex- extremely well. I also think that it is not a a game I am interested in revisiting necessarily. Uh e- even with the like mechanical improvements just because it is uh it's it is so bleak from start to finish and I don't really I don't really watch TV shows like that. I don't really play a lot of games like that. Um which, like, as a critic, is not an, a completely fair thing to say, but it is just like you can't you can't fight personal taste. Um, so yeah, the the comparison I keep thinking back to is Resident Evil. So Resident Evil, obviously, very bleak. Uh, most most of the franchise is very dark, but once you've played through it once, they kind of don't care anymore that you are in that vibe and they give you fucking infinite rocket launchers. And I'm not saying they should do that here, well, but they did. All- they did do, they did do that here. Really? You did you unlock- not? Yeah. Once you, once you beat the game, once you unlock like, <laughs> like cheat codes. So if you do want to fucking like run through it with infinite exploding arrows, you, oh, can, sure. <laughs> you can do that. But I would agree with you. I think most people who play, I, I am, also not someone that like is super jazzed at the prospect of like replaying a very dark game but i think the people that do essentially do a lot of things one they skip all the cutscenes, and two they just kind of like sprint through and feel like a badass using whatever unlocked features stuff like that i think there are people that do that and can ignore the like tonal elements when you're skipping all the cutscenes. like realistically you're not taking a lot of that in so it's fine um, I just don't point, think like, what that, are you doing this for? Like, well, but, I mean, but, I, but here's the thing. I think you can do that with last of us two. And I think the gameplay in last of us two is so strong. I really so do. It's one of the best third person action games I've ever played. It's so strong that I could play through it, not having to like take in the very brutal gut wrenching story and have a good time just with the gameplay. Cause they did such a good job with the gameplay, which if, if I could just say, I mean, it is, it is, as somebody who is now a dad um, and has also been through a uh, global pandemic, uh, the first 20 minutes of this game hit so fucking bad that I literally was pretty close to telling you guys, like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to play this. I'm not going to, like, talk about it. I, like, I I, I really don't want to. It, it eases up after that. But, like, the co- the added context that I now have for how – utterly ghoulish (laughs) like the beginning of this game is it's like it hits it hit really rough for me it was really really hard to like 
to to push past. Yeah, and it's it's not out of step with like the genre, right? Almost every zombie apocalypse movie starts with like a family member pretty brutally dying, if not more of them. So I agree with you. You know, again, it goes down to the taste and whether taste and whether you can like stomach this sort of darkness. But I, yeah, again, just to go back to the gameplay, I, I, I think if you're just playing it for the gameplay and you know the story and you don't feel like you need to rehash the story, it, I think is harder to have a ton of enjoyment out of this because it just, the gameplay just feels very creaky at this point. Yeah. But the story is really, I mean, we'll talk about it in the ha- second half of the show. I, I think the story of The Last of Us Part One remains easily one of the best video game stories and one of the most intriguing video game stories I've ever experienced. Um, so uh, certainly stuff to talk about there. But I guess if you want something that's like, well, if you're trying to show off the power of the PS5, I still think the Demon Souls remake and yeah. Ratchet and Clank both do Ratchet it and Clank better. Yeah. I want to give a shout out for the, maybe the most accessibility options I've ever seen in a game before. Uh, oh yeah, they're spectacular. Like completely, like just like bananas. And it's it's not. It, it goes so far beyond the usual suite. Um, obviously, like I am, I am, I don't possess a comprehensive uh, knowledge of all accessibility options in games. But like, you can customize all the controls. You can. Uh, set up a high contrast mode mm-hmm. that like turns the background gray and good characters blue and the zombies red and items in the environment yellow and then like you can set that to toggle with a swipe of the touchpad. Um, some of them are, I I think, go on to address kind of annoying things about the game in general. Like you can set it so that you automatically pick up. Uh, like parts oh, and that's cool. ammo. Whenever you get close to them, you can change the listening mode, which is like how you hear enemies through walls to like switch it to like a radar ping tag mode. You can activate uh, a skip puzzles option, which the puzzles in this game are pretty bad. So that might be something worth looking into. You don't uh, like rafts? No, no, I don't like moving a raft or carrying a plank very slowly <laughs> to... Uh, I, I think this game is a success in a lot of ways. It just doesn't align with my taste, except I think the puzzles are yeah. pretty They got better pretty in the second bad. one. They I like the ropes in the second, in the second one. one. This has nothing to do... You've got to stop trotting out how the second one fixes these problems. You're, I'm not saying... charging people for this no, one. No, you're right. I'm this not, you're right. I'm not saying... Not All of that was to say that I, 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 it is genuinely impressive to see how hard naughty dog goes goes into this stuff like it has all the other accessibility stuff like you know uh speech uh reading of of screen options and and all that jazz but then it like it goes so far above and beyond that uh and that is is really cool to see yeah i will say if i could level one other thing this um and I, i i should mention that i am a simple consumer and a critic i don't know how games are made don't know how any of this technology works it is frustrating to me that I am in this, the year of our Lord, Anno Domini 2022, I am still being asked to choose between fidelity and performance. It's wild. What? And the, the uh, if you choose for the fidelity, by the way, it looks terrible. It looks really, really bad. It is chuggy and, and not pleasant to look at. Uh, but you understand the, like, you... 
Like, I'd rather have the choice than have them choose for me. How about you just do both of them? How about but you, you do can't run framing? the game at f- all those they features? They just made the game. They just made the game. If you, they just made it, <laughs> but they you just like, made you it. couldn't like if you wanted ray tracing and at 4K, you, it, the system can't do that. They should make so a better system. Have put, they shouldn't put that in the remake. This is the PS6. They should wait for the PS6. <laughs> if you can't do it in the remake, then don't. I do want. I think the one thing that console games have learned: if you can't get it at 60. You don't have it. No one wants that's, to play it less there, than 60. You th- can't that's get it at 60, false, you don't have Justin. It. There are people that want to play. I am not one of them, but there are people that want to play games at 30 frames a second, so they look gorgeous. I am not one of they them. They don't look gorgeous. They look like I'm flipping a flip book for my kids that I made while we're getting our hair cut. Uh, we agree, but I, I would rather have the option than them just not even trying is what yeah, I would say. That doesn't bother me. I would let it come to try more to just do both of okay, us. Okay, sure. <laughs> um... Uh, last thing I want to say, the only reason I keep bringing up the second game is because I think it is disappointing to me that they didn't bring a lot of the gameplay improvements in the second game over this one. I realize that it would have made the scope of this project way, way bigger, but they're charging a full price $70 for this game. Yeah, I think they kind of could have done that. The The second game really improves Melee. Like and in this one, it's just kind of an afterthought. Yeah, it's just like a thing that you do if you have enough hit points on your wooden bat or whatever to like get you out of a scrape. While in two, it is like an integral part of the gameplay experience. There's like a dodge that you can do in two that like you have to utilize. Um, and I mean, just moving around the world and and proning and crouching and sprinting, everything feels dramatically more modern into and i realize you can't just port that stuff over to one and have it feel okay or be balanced but yeah no i just want also into they have the thing where if you murder someone and then someone comes along their body they'll be like oh no douglas douglas is fucking blood (laughs) all douglas's blood is out that was my best friend (laughs) and in this one they just like see a body and they just kind of step over it like so there's someone made a body Someone made well, up a little. Here. I saw people get a little sad, but they'll just say bro a lot. They won't say any names. Yeah, I need the names to feel the true sin of the murders that I <laughs> did not. I genuinely do not. I am fine with uh, not further humanizing the, uh, you know, murder dudes. That it would have been funny if the, there was just a group of like six guys and they were all named Mark just coincidentally. Just all Marks, yeah. <laughs> Tall Mark. She got tall mark. <laughs> uh, should we go to the break? Yeah, let's go to the break. Yeah, let's go to the break. And then we'll be right back right after this. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills 
the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see mint mobile for details this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. We didn't discuss the fun factor. That's a great mm, point. That's true. That's a great point. We did not discuss Where the Where would you put factor. it, Griffin? Yeah, probably uh, 6.5. Okay. Um, okay. You want to talk about the story of The Last of Us now that we have seen The Last of Us 2 and yeah. played The so, Last of Us 1. So this is going to be pretty spoilery, really, for both games. So maybe just, like, I don't know, tune out, review the podcast, and, you know, do all the other Thanks. things we normally do at the end of the show if you don't I'm gonna want set the a game. T- I'm going to set a 10-minute time limit on this conversation. Okay, Because I fine. do not want to talk about it more than 10 <laughs> Okay, minutes. fine. That's fine. Right, setting um, the timer. No, no it's interesting because I, I got in a kind of a heated discussion with someone, and I'm curious how you guys feel. Okay. So the first game, just to recap, um, the whole idea is that Ellie is immune from the virus, the cordyceps, whatever it is, infection, and you're going with Joel to find the fireflies who have the potential to maybe extract a cure from Ellie. Right. Um, it gets towards the end. And in that journey, it's very clear that both Joel and Ellie develop a lot of f- fondness for one another to the point of like a father's daughter relationship. Um, the sort of big moment, and again, this is big spoiler, is the idea that you eventually get there and it becomes clear that the only way that they can sort of experiment and have a chance of maybe extracting the cure to this infection is by killing Ellie in like a medical scenario and in an effort to sort of, you know, basically save her as it were, even though this is against her explicit wishes. Like she makes it very clear to Joel that she'd rather be sacrificed. 
uh, Joel goes on a murder spree and kills everyone in the hospital and rescues Ellie and then, like, decides to not really tell her yeah. uh, that. Yeah. And then two is just the aftermath. And two is the aftermath. Two, two is uh, very early on, Joel gets killed and Ellie basically goes on a murder rampage in revenge for yeah. Joel, I think is a decent summary. Yeah. So the overall theme of The Last of Us in general, my takeaway at least, and tell me if you disagree, is people do horrible things for the people that they love. And it's, like in these cases, not the right things, but they still do horrible things. Yeah, I mean, it's also about sort of the the endless cycle of violence, which I I I you know, there's I multiple. Think it's real- secondary. I think that's secondary. I think the primary focus is like Joel committing that incredible crime is like the core focus of the first game, yeah. and. You know, the second game is just a retelling of that, but from Ellie's perspective, because she's do feeling like she needs to do this thing for revenge of Joel. So at yeah. its core, it's like people, oh, I love this person. I have to do whatever. And and uh, for what it's worth, uh, Left Behind, the DLC, has that sim- a similar coda where at the end, uh, your friend, I forget her name, or your, the, first, the person you kiss for the first time, Ellie kisses for the first time, the girl... Uh, says something along the same lines. It's like, you just have to keep fighting for the people you care about. Yeah. And so that is the through line there. And and even with, um, shit, I'm forgetting her name in the second game, the other protagonist. Uh, uh, yeah. Her, the, uh, same thing. Like, she's very much motivated by revenge for a lot of the game Abby. and then lets it go. Abby, Abby thank you. Abby was her name. Um, so I yeah. guess the question is, are these, uh, is it just people that are, like, refusing to learn or is it like a human condition thing where realistically like we'd all like kill a bunch of people to save the you know a, a child a right. family member what have you it, the the ending of once uh isn't it was so frustrating you have no choice right it puts the control in your hands you walk into the operating room you pull the gun yeah and then they make you pull the trigger yes otherwise you just stand there right and and so like you don't you don't get a Which choice i would leave if I'm yeah, those doctors, sure. hey, this guy, I don't think so. Don't Let's go. Think this I don't is think a, he's going to do anything. He's, this is the only way they can get the cure. Of course they're going to stay. They're going to stick it out. So, like, that idea of, like, committing horrible violence, like apocalyptic violence for the people that you love, uh, and and then, you know, him essentially lying to Ellie about it as, as they drive off into the sunset is uh, a very bad feeling. And so two kind of echoes that in that like now you are doing the violence for the person that you loved who you have lost. Uh, but at the end, the very end of the game, again, like it's so deep in spoiler territory, hopefully you either don't care or have played it already. Uh, there is like a moment of grace after murdering all of her friends like Ellie lets Abby go and then has this sort of moment of sadness when she returns home and you know nobody's there to greet her uh and and so it is a reflection on that honestly i feel like part one is a really interesting road trip story right like it's Mm -hmm. it's it is bleak and uh unappealing to really immerse yourself in that world for 20 hours um but i do think that like 
they don't make a lot of games like this, right? Right. Um, and I also and, think there are, even though it is bleak, there are moments that are extremely important to getting to that end of the game where yeah. you are seeing that bond develop between Joel and Ellie and you understand, even though you don't agree with his decision, you understand how he might have gotten there because you right. have, you, you're, they're building this father-daughter relationship. Oh, I understand how he got there. Yeah. Uh, that, I would be interested to finish this because I wonder how it would hit differently for for me. It's very easy to kind of cluck your tongue at at Joel's selfishness if if you don't have experience with that kind of relationship. And I'm sure I did when I was younger. I think it would. Uh, I I think it might actually hit differently now that I'm oh for sure I'm older and a, and a parent with kids. Not that I'll ever do that, but I I bet it would. Um, I, all all that to say, I uh. I, I think that playing this game, and I haven't uh, finished this this playthrough, but uh, it it really seeing how this game doesn't acknowledge the the violence, right? In a lot of ways, Last of Us One and Two is also kind of an answer to the wanton violence of the Uncharted series, sure. which like always gets right. a lot of shit. Where there's like this charming rogue Nathan Drake who fucking most you know. It is a running gag, but you cannot like deny the fact that this man is a mass, mass murderer. murderer. He is a he is a <laughs> he is one of history's greatest. Well, later villains. on, later on, they're a little better about like, oh no, they fired first, and then he murders. Yeah, murders not <laughs> much better about it, whole thing, right? Yeah. And and so, Last of Us Part One kind of <laughs> kind of hits that, but Last of Us Part Two is just a reflection <laughs> on that in in like that tendency in Naughty Dog's games in the past. Well, and, and, I, and most video games, I would say. And not most just. video games. And seeing that be absent from Last of Us Part 1, I feel like only kind of makes the themes of Part 2 click a little bit more for me. I it they, <laughs> Nathan Drake should be the Batman of this world, right? Like, this, this he's not just an action person he's the orphan maker like if they see, if a, if I'm a criminal and I see someone with anyone with their shirt half tucked in I'm pissing my pants <laughs> that's the, that's the orphan maker I don't want to f- he, he shows up everyone you know everyone you've ever loved they're all dead <laughs> uh, and Griff- then he'll do this like smirk <laughs> it's like, yeah you're a murderer you're he a- says a funny thing to his old friend but he just killed like. Everyone I know. Everyone I know. I, I once watched that man kill everyone I know, and thank God I pretended to be dead, so I lied on the ground. And then I watched this thug climb a wall for a half hour. It was amazing. And they, what and, an absolute disgrace of a human being. And then he paused the game, he turned on big head mode. He turned on DK big head mode. I had to see My all, head was big, his head was big. All my dead friends' heads was so big. <laughs> Um, it's funny. I was just thinking as we were talking about that, uh, about two games, one death loop and B Fortnite. Both of those games are like very lighthearted. Generally speaking, a death loop gets to very dark tones, but at their core, the way they work, why they are able to get over that is because part of the narrative is that everyone's just in this big loop and everyone yeah. just comes back a second later. So it ends up feeling like effectively paintball or something with way lower stakes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it works, but I agree with you about Uncharted. Uh, I liked your point about Last of Us 2 and the idea of, like, when you think back to Last of Us 1, you're right, like... We have one the, minute left in this conversation. Oh, no, the violence was interesting in Last of Us 1, uh, but was never really commented on at all. And you really, it just, it felt like, oh, whatever, a means to an end. 
And Last of Us 2 becomes so much about that. So it does add a layer to it. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think 2 hits a little better in hindsight. Last of Us 2 is such a, f- a fascinating game because I didn't enjoy it when I played it, and yet I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And, and upon further reflection, like, totally acknowledge its merits, like, as a game. I think it is one of the more sort of successful games that Naughty Dog has ever made. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I just don't think that part one has a lot of this stuff that makes that true for, for part I think two. it has the narrative stuff, but not the gameplay stuff. Maybe. I don't even think the narrative stuff hits quite as hard, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Here comes five, four. Any last thoughts? Three, two. Pizza. One. Okay. Pizza. Thank you, Russ. Uh, what else we got going on, Russ? You may even uh, play another stuff? I'm still playing Dark Souls 2. Okay. okay. That game is awesome. I talked a lot about it on Rusty, so I won't go at length, but like, man, it's a slow build. Like, the beginning, I think, is slow and not great, but the later and later I get into that game, it gets kind of better and better, and that's weird for most of the Dark Souls games, which tend to fall off a little bit towards the end. Sure. Uh, especially Dark Souls 1, which gets pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, that game is sick. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh... I went back and uh, after last week's revelation, uh, like d- just destroyed immortality over the course of like two more play sessions. Oh, uh, and it makes me. I think I've, we should have. Don't go too hard. I would like to do a B segment when Plant comes back. Okay. Uh, like a spoiler cast. Yeah, on, a spoiler on cast. Yeah, because yeah, I really wanted his thoughts, and I feel like we can talk more about it. And um. I would like to to do that if we could. Uh, yeah, cool, cool fucking game. Yeah, that's, I that's still. That's all I need I to watch say. a video of like someone explaining to me what the hell is going on because there's elements of that that I just don't get. There's a lot of. I think it's wildly open to interpretation. Uh, and and I think that there are interpretations of it that are like deeply cynical, and then there are interpretations of it that are maybe a little bit more sort of like sci-fi literal um yeah but no matter what like i i i once the hook of that game clicked for me it also made other parts of the game click click for me and i just i just think it is a a stellar thing it's Uh, better than her story i yeah for for sure i think it's i think it's Tough to refute it as the best fmv game but also at the same time it does make it more frustrating that like that that key, the key to that game is obfuscated in the way that it is because tra- Travis it, it was the next one to be like, so I, I've watched um, the movies. I think I get what's going on. And we're like, play with the controller. And then like 30 minutes later, he texts like, holy shit. Yeah, it needed a giant, like very obvious pop-up. You, you know, shouldn't Outer Wilds like- has that. And it's like, recommended with the controller at the very beginning of the game and yeah this needs that too recommended isn't even in the right word like i i get so there is an audio cue yeah but there's a lot of audio <laughs> in this game so i think that is much much harder to catch than a controller vibrating in your hands yeah um well i i i agree with you juice i don't want to go too much more into it uh, except to say that it really hooked me once it hooked me and um it feels i feel genuinely silly for my position on the game during the episode where we talked about it, where like I thought I had played enough of it to 
get it. But at the same time, like, I guess there's some value in having that position represented because I also think there's a lot of people who may never hit that part of the game and right. fall off of it. Um, so, yeah. So I have a few real quick because we were traveling, so I, I played a lot of stuff. Um, I wanted to mention, uh, in order of how much I played them, the first is Bounty of One. It is a new, um, it's still an early access game like Vampire Survivors, a one-stick shooter, Ooh. if you will, where you are walking around and shooting stuff. The interesting thing about Bounty of One, it's a um, like sort of a weird West theme, like Western goblins and 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 monsters and stuff like that. Uh, but you two differences is you don't shoot unless you've stopped, and there is a dash. So the flow just feels where where vampire survivors can feel sort of like methodical in the like how you are corralling or avoiding large clumps of enemies or trying to clump them together. This is a little bit more kinetic where you're seeing how long you can sort of hold your ground. Yeah. And then dashing away at the last second. Um that's cool. It's it's fun. It's still it's pretty early, but if you're interested in this sort of like burgeoning subgenre, it's cool. I also played Zor Pilgrimage of the Slurfs. <laughs> Zor Pilgrimage of the Slurfs. It is How do you uh, how do you spell Zor? Z O R. Okay, traditional Now spelling. this is Got made it. by Righteous Hammer Games, which is notable because their last project was the uh, uh, I think or their last major project, the last one I'm aware of is a uh, uh, a game called Solitarica, which oh, is yeah. absolutely one of the best. One of the best Very good game. ever. Like, talk about a mobile game that I played beyond the point where there was anything to do. I was just playing it. Um, but this is in early access on Steam right now. It is a, God, think of like a deck building game where you are taking these little creatures on a, a, a voyage to clear out like monsters in their in their home world. But while you're building your deck, which lets you like attack or you use cards to move, you use cards, it's a hex based thing. So you use cards to move, you use cards to attack, sort of like a tactical thing. Um, you're also managing resources so that you have food and water. And if you stand next to water, if you're standing next to water, your water refills each one. And it's sort of like analogous to mana, I guess you'd say. Hmm. And then you have food as a resource that you use to do like a lot of different actions, moving, combat actions, things like that. And so you are building up your deck of like uh, balancing expenditures of these resources. You're collecting the resources on the stage. Like there's food there that you want to head over to and collect so you can do your uh, combat actions. Um, this is also another one that's in early access, but it's a really cool, as somebody who really likes deck building games, it's an interesting spin on that where it's sort of blending, I mean, tactics with, deck building i think is the is the way of of understanding it it's not as um seamless as that as solitarica solitarica thank you but it is uh it's got a lot of promise um the so last it's basically thing logical it, island of the zoom beanies is uh, basically what you've described okay i don't know what that is but i'll <laughs> take your word for it um the last one is arcade paradise which is fucking great and i really love it a lot you got a rich dad and he tells you to run his laundromat and in the back of this laundromat, you find uh, a couple of old arcade cabinets and you realize that you can make more money from the arcade games than you can from the laundromat. But to get to that point, you have to 
run a laundromat so you can get the money you need to buy new arcade games. So it's a very interesting. Oh, oh, oh. And if you play the arcade games more, they generate more money. And also there are goals in the arcade games like uh, achievements, basically, that if you complete the achievements, then the game will also make more money. And it's it's it, the sim parts are really cool, right? There's like, you know, you have to go around and they have a little mini game to pop gum off of something or to pick up trash or to throw the trash bag in the dumpster. There's a mini game to clean up the toilet the, and so on and so forth. And you have to go from cabinet to cabinet collecting the money out of the thing. Um so those things are really interesting because it gives you this, it makes you really appreciate the time that you're playing the games. So you'll like start a load of laundry and you're like, okay, I got three minutes before this is mm-hmm. done. I'm going to get in there and try to do a level and then I'll run back out and, and uh, um, you know, put those clothes in the dryer. Cause the faster you do it, the better, more money you make. So balancing those two is really cool. Um, a lot of the games I've unlocked probably 20 games, 20 different like full arcade games. And a lot of them are, Excellent. I mean, a lot of them are like really cool, interesting. Some are just kind of meditations on like a dual stick shooter where you're unlocking a bunch of different weapons and fighting a bunch of zombies. That's Zombat too. Um, but then there's some that are like, uh, there's one called Blockchain that's that where you're like hacking stuff. There's um, a lot of uh, there's like reskins of classics. There's a Pong. There's a pool stuff like that. Um, I really, really like this game a lot. Um, I spent a lot of time playing it. I think a lot of the, the side games are fun. The ones that aren't fun, you don't really have to play them. You'll have plenty of money to get the stuff you need. Um, Russ, you, you played this one some, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we played it for Resties. I, I thought it was interesting. Like the stuff you talked about, we're balancing the arcade playing versus the laundry stuff is interesting. I found it uh, a little too stiff just from like a moving around the world and like, crouching and getting the money out and like it it for for what is effectively a progressive game where you're in theory you know constantly getting more and more productive at what you're doing and that is true you are it didn't feel like it had as many uh you know hooks or upgrades as it were to make me feel like i was getting more powerful you were unlocking more arcade machines which is a neat twist on that but uh, it, I didn't feel like the the earning was really that rewarding. Did you get to the upgrade? Okay. So at a certain point of upgrading your arcade, mm. your dad starts giving you to-do lists. And he pays you actual direct money. He pays you in pounds right. for, for that. And you can use those pounds to buy upgrades like to your walking speed and buy someone to empty out the machines for you so you don't have to worry about that. That's and, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't so you, get that far. And you and those to-do lists are things like, a lot of them are things like in the games, like kill 100 guys with the flamethrower sure, yeah. in this game. You're not wrong, though. It's interesting that, that this will hit differently for different people, but they're sort of creating a fake stress with the the chores that you have to do to make the playing of the games, like that part is more immersive and not necessarily entertaining so when you can do less of it, you know, like they want a metaphor for you doing the boring dead end job that your dad wants you to be doing. Like they want that metaphor to be there. Um, at a certain point, I just stopped with the laundry. Like I just didn't do any laundry anymore. I walked right through the laundry. It took me 10 seconds. I would clean up the trash. Okay. But then I walked through the laundry. I was making two G, two G's a day off my arcade. I'm not going to throw someone's nasty nasty t-shirt in a washer for ten dollars no thank you yeah I, cool. again I, I think it's conceptually I think it's cool on switch too uh is Maybe? it on switch 
believe it is. Yeah. yeah. Or at least it's going to be if it's not. Comedy. I played it on Steam Deck. Uh, I think it's probably been updated since, but there were some aspect ratio issues on Steam Deck. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was interesting. It's definitely worth checking out. I, I think I liked their other game more, which was Volstock Inc., which came out uh, oh, several years ago. Same, 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 same director. Same what developer. was Volstock Inc.? The, uh, you were in space. It was like an anti-capitalist, but also you were an extreme capitalist, uh, basically running a bunch of different planets, and it was like a dual-stick shooter with upgrade mechanics similar to this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a version of that in the... in in this yeah that's fine yeah that's cool what's up next week next week we how would i have any way of knowing that <laughs> it's splatoon 3 oh i can't wait me neither i'm excited i am yeah, genuinely am i love splatoon 2 i know well hey listen you're not gonna find anybody that loves uh what was it splatoon 2 more than me it's splatoon, splatoon 3 oh well that i don't have any affinity for <laughs> splatoon 2 for it would call me when we're talking about that because Yes, please. Plant will be back next week. So there will be three very enthusiastic squid squid heads is what we call ourselves (laughs) in the Splatoon uh, fandom. Uh, So so be be sure to to tune in for that. Oh, games Um, we discussed this week. Uh, The Last of Us 1 and 2 and Left Behind. Uh, Uncharted a bit. Dark Souls 2. Immortality. Bounty of 1. Zor Pilgrimage of the Slurfs. Arcade Paradise. Slurfs. Slurfs. I think it's Slurfs. Oh, you would know. Sorry. I Googled it, but because I, I wasn't sure. It's Slorfs. Sorry, Justin. You're right. My bad. Yeah, I, I played it. So those are the games. Um, that That is excellent. Thank you, Griffin. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Steve.